Hi, welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Rin. And I'm Zach. And we are joined by a very special guest today, Mary Adkins. Mary was on our last episode, but just in case you missed that, we're going to introduce her again. She's a former loyal, former lawyer and Yale School grad, law graduate uh, who turned into a writing coach and a HarperCollins published author. She also hosts her own podcast, The First Draft Club. After feeling less than inspired by law, she decided to leave her corporate New York City law firm to dedicate her life to the secret creative dream of becoming a writer. With a newborn nearby, Mary successfully wrote and published two of her three published novels, Privilege and When You Read This. Her most recent publication, Palm Beach, was named the New York Post Top 30 Books of 2021, and she's been reviewed by the Associated Press and printed in more than 13 countries. Currently, Mary is writing her first memoir related to experience with miscarriage and helping her client list of creatively leading people to write, revise, and pitch long-form narratives in her 12-month program, Book Incubator. Mary, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm happy to be back. So today we're talking about writing from trauma, and the Oxford English Dictionary defines trauma in its most general sense as a psychic injury. Um, And trauma comes in lots of different forms, and everyone has different healing journeys, right? And so today we're going to be talking about one aspect of navigating trauma, which is writing from the position of having experienced trauma and moving forward after that. Um, A disclaimer, of course, we are not psychologists, right? We're we're writers, we have our different, um, different specialties, but we're not psychologists. Um, and we are going to include some trigger warnings for this episode, so check out the the show notes to make sure that you can avoid anything that you don't want to that you don't want to expose yourself to in this episode. But with that out of the way, Mary, what does it mean uh, to you to write from to write from trauma? What does that mean? So it can mean anything from writing your personal history. So writing nonfiction about a traumatic experience that really happened and like returning to that experience in order to write about it, um, which is something that, that I have done and I'm actually currently doing and something that some of the writers I work with are doing, but it can also mean, um, writing fiction from the same place. So I think a lot of us turn to fiction because it's like the, um, you know, tell the truth, but tell it slant type thing where it's Mm -hmm. like, we get to have the filter of fiction, but that doesn't mean it's entirely protective. You know, like, I think it can still, it can still be triggering, not necessarily in a bad way, um, but it can still be I, I still consider it writing from trauma and and potentially resurfacing that trauma if it's fiction about something that you've experienced because you know maybe this is obvious but like the kind of most of the time when we're writing fiction we are trying to summon genuine feelings about the the situations that we're creating, the fictional situations that we're creating. And we're summoning those feelings based on what we've experienced in the past. And so drawing from a traumatic experience and the feelings that that experience invoked, like brings them back up, even in a fictional setting. So I think either of those I would consider writing from trauma. Gotcha. Um. 
we have this quote from Brene Brown in our show notes. This is the world we live in. And from that, we got the question, why would you want to write from trauma? So not necessarily what does it mean, but why would you want to do it? So this is really um, why I like talking about this so much, because <clears throat> I have heard, I don't know if either of you has heard this, this kind of um, saying before, but, you know, I think one reason I even started working with writers is because I think there's a lot of bad writing advice out there <laughs> that like derailed me for years or made me doubt myself or like, you know, just all kinds of things that we could probably point to. But one of these things that that sounds so clever. <laughs> it sounds so wise and clever, but that I, I realized was wrong for myself and then started to no observe it in other people is this saying that you should, it, sometimes people will say you should write from your scars, not from your wounds. Has either of you ever heard that? I haven't. I have. So it's again, again, I feel like it sounds very wise. Um, but I, have just never found it to be true. I think because I am a writer and, and since I was a kid, I process so much through writing, through journaling. I mean, journaling is how I process the most difficult things that have happened to me. And it's more effective than anything else. It's more effective than therapy. It's more effective than yoga. <laughs> and like, I, so that saying to me always felt weird because it was like, well, what if I don't write from my wound, how do I heal my wound? Like my, the writing is what helps me heal it. And then as I started to think more about it, I think that the intention behind that kind of idea or that saying is, is like, just because you write something doesn't mean you're ready to publish it. Right. And like, there's a kind of, there's writing from your wound and then there's writing from your wound and passing it out to everyone for feedback and preparing to submit it to the New York times, you know, and like, <laughs> those are two very different things. And like, one of them is like, I'm going to write in order to heal. And the other is like, I'm going to put, I'm going to like splay myself open and be ready for whatever people come out with me, come at me with. Um, and that to me does feel a lot more dangerous. Like if it's something that's still super tender and like not healed yet. And so, um, for example, like when I, I'm currently working on a memoir about, uh, recurrent pregnancy loss, and I found it very healing to write early drafts of this memoir. But when I, when I reached the point where I like thought, okay, I think I'm ready to share this with my writing group as they started to give me feedback, my heart was racing so fast. Like I started to have like a panic response and realized, Oh no, this was too early. Like the, it was not too early to just write it. It was too early to like get feedback on it. I'm not ready for that. Mm -hmm. And so I think we just have to like parse the, the whole writing, revising, pitching kind of process down into different segments when we talk about trauma, because I think some are more dangerous than others and some are going to be more triggering than others because they're all different. But like the writing itself, when, um, and, and I've, again, like, like you said at the top of this episode, like, or I'm not a psychologist or a trauma coach, but I have found in working with writers who are writing from trauma that the writing process itself is often healing. Um, and it's, I think in part, as I've thought about this, I've thought, well, like, and maybe that's because 
it's not resurfacing what's not already it's not resurfacing something that isn't already very much there. Like our trauma doesn't go away just because we're not thinking about it. Doesn't mean it's not impacting every moment of our lives. Right. <laughs> like it's causing us, it drives so much of our behavior and it's like, it causes us to have like fight or flight response to small things. And like, maybe like when we have disproportionate reactions, like road rage, like that can, it really isn't about the person who slammed on their brakes in front of you. It's, it's that there's this kind of latent anger that comes from this previous experience, right? So like the trauma is always there. So just not like the solution isn't like, just don't talk about it or write about it and it, you'll be safe. Like, I don't, that doesn't seem healthy to me. Like, mm -hmm. I think by writing about it, again, I'm just basing this on my observations of myself and others, not on like, you know, study of this formally, but like, I seem to notice that by writing about it, we are at least giving it a voice and like processing it more than just kind of not thinking about it and pretending it's not there. So yeah, I think this is why I, um, what, what I will often do if I'm working with someone who's writing from a traumatic place is like, talk to them about how it feels to go there. If they feel like safe writing from this place, um, to just kind of either to remind them or tell them some ways that they can care for themselves as they're doing it. Like, um, to stop when they need to stop, which sounds like a given, but you know, sometimes writers were hard on ourselves. We're like, I was going to write for an hour and I need to go, you know, need to <laughs> finish, need to hit my word count. Um, to do things like take walks, heavy blankets, like just sort of being really tender and attentive with, with their, because the body is going back to the time when that happened, you know? And so, um, and then also, and also making sure that they really understand that writing doesn't mean necessarily all the things that come after polishing, getting feedback, submitting, like, and to be attentive to where, where they start to experience some resistance. Like, I don't think I'm ready for this next step yet. And being good, being okay with that. Like, okay, this is, this is still, I'm still in the place where the writing is going to be private for me and I'm going to use it to heal, but I'm not, I'm not going to put it out there for, you know, someone to give a one-star review and, and be like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> Cause that, that hurts no matter what, but particularly when it's something really personal, obviously like that can be, I think, really damaging. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, again, I'm not a psychologist, but I have been in therapy for a long time. And you like talking about like walks and stuff after processing trauma, like that's like a legitimate tactic, like process mm -hmm. trauma and like get it out of your body. So I love that advice. Yeah. That really worked well for me too. Walks. Like when I have written this draft, um, when I was going back to this and writing this draft and I would I would find, oh, another common thing is like when you're writing from trauma, sometimes you'll shake and I would find like my hands would shake. I would almost have to stop typing sometimes because my hands would be tremoring. Um, like a long walk would really be the only thing that would help me kind of move out of that like state. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's talk about re-traumatizing. How would you define re-traumatizing and how do you avoid it when you're writing? So I think that goes back to what I was just talking about with um, uh, not, not putting yourself in a position where you are 
allowing others to basically recreate your traumatic experience for you in a way that's uh, that by re-traumatizing, I don't mean like, you know, I know a lot of the point of therapy is to like return back to the traumatic event, but return to it in a way that is healing because it now feels safe. Like you're going back there, but now you're with someone who's walking you through it safely. And, and you realize like, oh, I'm not that child anymore. Like now I'm an adult and I can like go back and, and kind of move through that without, um, without recreating the exact same feelings that happened the first time so that it like, you know, it it hurts and it feels awful. Um, and so I think, I think the key is what, or, or one of, one of the keys, um, again, just based on personal experience is to like, not put yourself in the situation where you're giving people that power. Mm-hmm. And that may mean that you write something and you don't share it with anyone for three years, you know, like it, it, it may mean like you don't follow the trajectory that you think you're going to do when you're like, I'm going to write about this and then I'm going to publish it and I'm going to pitch it. Um, but like, I think that's going to be such a personal choice and like, it, it's going to be so subjective to the writer and, and it'll be on, I think it's on the writer to, to have that sort of for, to bring their awareness to how they're feeling and what their reaction is. Right. And to be like, I don't think I'm quite ready for this. And I'm going to like make that choice. Um, like I said, I don't think I did that well when I, I mean, you know, I did the best I can. I'm not blaming myself, but like when I wrote some stuff from trauma and then submitted it to my writing group, I really thought I was ready, but based on my reaction to their feedback, which was rage. <laughs> like it was, it was disproportionate to, 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 you know, sort of to feedback that was well-intentioned from people that I knew and trusted. My reaction was fury, fury, rage, defensiveness, um, like sort of absolute statements. Like I'm never sharing this with anyone again, you know? And it's like, okay. So the fact that this is my reaction, I think means this was too early. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I say, re- when, when I, you know, kind of when I think about re-traumatizing, that's what I think about, like, um, handing over your traumatic experience to others in a way that when they are not, <laughs> they are not like a trauma therapist, right? Like you're handing it over to people who are not in a place to help you heal they're in a place to potentially do further damage or, or at least not, um, you know, move you forward. Yeah. Yeah. It it seems like when, from what you're saying, when we write from, when we write from trauma, we write from traumatic experiences, it, it becomes a lot more important to be mindful about your experience when you're writing, your experience when you're um, getting feedback as you're going through the different steps of your writing process, it's important to be mindful of what your what your own state of mind is and how you're reacting to what you know the different parts of that writing process. Um, one of the things that we wanted to ask you is what do you think the role of the author is in writing about trauma when it comes to how other people are going to approach it? Like, how do you 
right from trauma without re-traumatizing those with shared experiences. For people, for example, with recurring pregnancy loss, how do you tackle that without your readers who have had those heartbreaking experiences re-traumatizing themselves through the writing? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think I think trigger warnings are becoming a lot more common, like content and trigger warnings are becoming a lot more common in print and books, which I think is really good. And I, I, so I think part of that is like letting the reader know what's coming. Like we don't want to blindside anyone. Right. So like my memoir is about three miscarriages and I'm, when it comes out, I'm going to be very clear. Um, like that's what's going to happen in here. This isn't just one, this is going to be three. And I don't want you to be surprised by that. I'm not trying to blindside you, you know, and I like, I want the, I want the reader to essentially consent. Like I'm consenting to like go through this experience with you. And if I don't want to, if I, you know, I know these are coming and if the second one is hard enough for me, like maybe I don't even want to read the third and like, I get to decide that. And so, um, I think it's, a. I think it's, a. um, the kind of thing that can also in print books, just if we're speaking really practically, probably be done best effectively, I think in the, like the back cover copy, because everybody reads that before they buy a book. Whereas like, you know, a kind of content or trigger warning at the front of the book next to the dedication or whatever, like a lot of times people skip over that. So I think like really putting it in an obvious place so that the reader knows what they're getting into And then another thing that I've talked about some with writers is like tending to the reader by sharing how you coped yourself through it. And like, if it's fiction, um, fiction is actually the most dangerous for this, I think, because with fiction, um, we don't always have this to, to recall from, from memory, but like when, when you are writing nonfiction about trauma, like by taking care of the reader, I mean, including, um, including the ways that you tried to cope at the time, including the ways that you cope now, like the same things that are helping you get through it or, or that helped you get through it in the past, like sharing those so that the reader also gets to have that part too, you know? And like, I think that, um, there's a kind of, sometimes I'll talk about when I'm talking to fiction writers about, the importance of marrying, you know, they'll say that another writing saying is like in fiction is chase your, chase your characters up a tree and throw rocks at them. Right. Like they're like basically saying, make your characters suffer. And the reason for that is because you want tension in a story, but along with that, you have to have like massive compassion. (laughs) Like if you just chase them up a tree and throw rocks at them, the readers gonna be like, I don't want to read this. You're just being mean, like stop just being mean. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you, you want to, you want to create tension in the story, but you, there's also like an important, an important piece of that, which is letting the reader into how that character is processing that tension. Like let them have a voice, let them have feelings about it. Let them have reactions because the reader needs that too. Cause they're having that reaction, right? Like if, if they're invested in the story, they're like, I'm stressed out that this character is like stuck in a tree and rocks are being thrown at them. <laughs> and like, I need space for that stress. So like, if you let me like talk about how stressful this character is and how it like hurts and how they need, like they want a way out and like give that, 
room to breathe that like emotional response room to breathe in the story. I think that that's just generally taking care of your reader. And so I think the same thing applies, um, in memoir as well. But I think the really important thing with nonfiction too, especially with fiction too, is just to let the, let the reader know what's coming. So they're not, they're not like, Oh, I didn't know this was what I was watching. And now here I am. And I like, I said watching because I was remembering when this happened to me most recently watching a movie, but I meant reading. But yeah, the same thing happens with like TV and film, right? Where you're like, I didn't know this was going to happen and I don't feel emotionally ready for this. Like, I think I need to turn this off or walk away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That is all we have time for. Where can our listeners find you, Mary? Um, MaryAdkinsWriter.com. Adkins with a D, like dog. Um, and they, yeah, they can find me there. Thank awesome. you. So much for <laughs> oh, of course. Thank you so much for coming on our show. We really enjoyed our time with you. Uh, we will put all your links in our show notes. Uh, Zach, you want to take us out? I would love to. Again, thank you, Mary, for joining us today. This has been Quid Pros Quo. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>